été ma première nuit à Alphaville, mais il me semblait déjà qu'une longue suite de siècles l'avait précédé. Alphaville is a 1965 film by French director Jean-Luc Godard, and it's sort of like a, a neo-noir science fiction film with no special effects. It's um, Godard was uh, obsessed with this uh, fictional character Lemmy Caution and decided that it would be really interesting to put this uh, FBI, private eye cop guy into a, a science fiction film as only really a French director of the New Wave would do it. Uh, it's a ridiculous film uh, that I really enjoy. And basically, the Lemmy Caution goes to uh, this city of Alphaville, which is run by a supercomputer, which makes all of the decisions for everyone, uh, in an effort to... Um, find this creator and kill him so that uh, the rest of the various surrounding cities and galaxies, it's a little unclear, uh, will be protected from uh, invasion by this supercomputer town. So uh, having said that, uh, Serenity is my guest this week, uh, this week, this month, this whatever we're doing here. Um, Serenity Caldwell, uh, did you like the film? What did you think about the film? I did like the film. I am... Um... I haven't seen a French New Wave film in quite a few years, and it was very—it was a fun uh, reintroduction <laughs> to the pseudo. It's not quite a genre. It's a, an, a, <laughs> well, it's a movement, I guess. You know. Yeah, a movement. There we go. That's the proper term for it. Yeah. No, I mean, I so when I took French in high school a decade, like a decade ago, um, our professor was very, very much into the idea that in order to learn a language, you had to be immersed in the art of the language and the culture of the language. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. Our entire last, our, our fourth year intensive French experience was all basically, okay, we've watched a few French films here and there, you know, um, but we're just going to watch new wave films for a year and, and read the stranger and read everything in French and just, you know, really destroy, destroy your brain with French new wave and, and, and all kinds of insanity. So, uh, I, but I never saw, I've seen a lot of Godard films, but I've never seen Alphaville. So it was interesting and very, very interesting. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. I haven't recorded one of these podcasts in quite a while for various reasons. Uh, you should say hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Eric. <laughs> Hi, Serenity. Thanks for coming on my show. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we've been trying to make this happen for a while, but we've both been varying degrees of deathly ill. And then I was a little worried with the snowpocalypse that we were going to... Oh, I know. I was just... I'm like, as long as the power doesn't go off. But it looks like there's a little bit of snowpocalypse happening out in, outside my window, but it's not nearly as bad as some of the, the southeast... United States, Scott, so I feel pretty lucky right now. Okay. Well, I'm glad. We're having a rain apocalypse here, and you used to live in the in the mm -hmm. Bay Area, so you know that that's basically the same thing here in terms of disruption. People just lose their minds. Oh, yeah. No no one wants to go anywhere. No. So, okay, so uh, so this was, so wait, so you studied French, like, pretty seriously. Do you, I mean, were, do you, like, can you watch a French film without subtitles? So I can read French pretty well. Um, spoken French, I have trouble with. Where it's it's funny because when I watch a when I watch a French film, um, as they speak, I can translate it. But I but I translate it at like 
two half seconds behind everybody behind the actual speech so when you're when you're watching a film that's a really really bad way to be especially <laughs> if, if they're speaking fast yeah. um, which french uh, it happens a lot so you're you're kind of like i am scared to oh no you're you're on a different okay so i like watching it with subtitles i i i probably could if it was a uh kids film like i could watch babar without subtitles i do love babar babar is really cute yeah so um so you asked me to select a a science fiction film for you when i when i asked you what you wanted to watch Mm -hmm. and i kind of feel like i i did definitely do that like i definitely fulfilled that obligation but i did it in like a a kind of a jerky subversive way because this isn't (laughs) you did it in the criterion way (laughs) i well i it was i was thinking about what to make you watch and there were there were a couple choices and some of them were more straight Science fiction, but I find I think this movie is like super interesting to think about and talk about. It's obviously, like you said, it's very, very, very French. It is, but it's also very cerebral, and I feel like the some of the best science fiction is not necessarily about the whiz bang special effects or robots. Um, to think, Metropolis is always my like perennial old school science fiction movie when I think about them. But there's, I mean, in some ways, Alphaville reminds me a lot of Blade Runner without the robots and the futuristic, you know, blinking lights. Yes. It has that that feel to it. It's a very cerebral film. There's a lot of interrogations that happen, a lot of people questioning who they are and what their place in the world is and whether or not they should have emotions. (laughs) Yeah, I want, that's actually a a really great point that I wanted to touch on. There's a... uh, an interesting idea that that like films like Blade Runner and uh, Dark City, if you remember that one, mm-hmm. um, that they really owe a great deal of influence to this film, and I think that that makes sense. I mean, you know, obviously Philip K. Dick was going to write, you know, do Android Stream of Electric Sheep, regardless of whether or not this movie was made. But the idea of taking like a noir setting and making it science fiction, mm-hmm. I don't think there was one before this. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to rack my brain for it, and it's like I'm nothing's coming up right now. I'm sure there might be like some obscure thing, knowing knowing the film world. There's always something, uh, but no, I mean, I feel like you know, Metro- again, Metropolis, the the epoch of science fiction films, has little echoes here and there of of what we might consider film noir, but it's not. It's not a film noir film. It's not a, you know, it's not a, we're not following a, a crazy dick on his, you know, out for adventure and revenge and or, you know, solving missions. No. This is, this is very much a, a noir film. And, and at, you know what, beautifully, this is a film where, as, as you introduced it, it's like no special effects, no, you know, no elaborate sets. It's just, it's Paris. It's Paris in the 1960s. It just happens to be weird looking buildings um, and a pool at some at one point and uh despite this you feel like you're in another world in some ways almost immediately off the bat and a lot of that is really due to the the power of the of the leading character's narration as what's the detective's actual name i know he goes by johnson when he's oh so his name is lemmy caution lemmy caution that's right and this is actually an interesting point so I didn't know anything about Lemmy Caution prior to seeing this film. I did a little research. So, like, Lemmy Caution is actually a very well-known in France character. And yeah. <laughs> so, so he was, like, an FBI agent written in stories by, like, a, a British writer. Basically, he's James Bond. He's, like, an, supposed to be, like, an American French, James Bond, yeah. but for the French. And so... 
uh, I don't know if you know this, maybe you do, but the the character he's never appeared in an in a American language movie, but that character played by that actor was in like a ton of movies in France. It was like the James Bond series, literally of, yeah. of films in France. So, and this was the last one because after this, everyone was like. He couldn't oh. get work. Yeah. And I just I think it's hilarious. Yeah, but imagine if they took like Daniel imagine if the next Bond movie was Alphaville. Like it's insane I to would think watch about. That movie, though. Oh yeah, I'd be really excited. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I, I could I could see Daniel Craig rocking that or Elder Selva for that matter. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. But I they're not gonna do it, right? Like the oh, fact no. that the fact that Godard just did it and then basically ruined this guy's career, which is really unfortunate because he's really good in this movie. Yeah. But he's great. He has you you want to talk about like the face with a thousand crags? Is this is definitely the actor who plays Lemmy Caution? It's just every close up that you have in this film, it's just you look at him and it's like, oh my god, I'm seeing like a, a thousand adventures etched into your your soul via wrinkles on your face. It's just a, it's a beautiful like it's not an insult. It's like a, it's a it's a like a power blessing in some ways. <laughs> it's dude, you you know how to make you know how to make your face really work for you in this character and that's awesome. Yeah. I mean it was like the height of his powers in terms of like that portrayal and then to put it in, mm-hmm. in such a weird role and it just kinda it shouldn't work and then it it really I think it does. Oh yeah. Um so you were you were saying like that it's a very cerebral film and I think that that's very true. And at times it's a very French style cerebral film in terms of like some of oh, the yeah. more ridiculous, uh, uh, the, you know, the, the what's that book? Uh, um, uh, the something like Death of Caution or something. Uh, the, like that. Yeah, it's, the, it's something the weird Bible of Pain. I don't know something yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but like Bible of Ruined Words, <laughs> oh, <laughs> which that's... is a real book, by the way. The book he's reading from is a real book. Real? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I knew that actually. Well, I, I knew it. I knew it because afterwards I went to look up a little bit of information on this film because I'm like, I have never heard of this before. This is crazy. Yes. Um, the capital of pain. Oh, the capital of pain. Yeah, that's Capital right. de la douleur. Oh, that's awesome. We got someone in here who can pronounce French so correctly. Thank that's you. Vaguely. <laughs> what better vaguely. than better than most? I think. Um. So, but so so let's talk a little maybe about like the the kind of like the themes and the ideas that they're presenting. So, I mean, the obvious one is you know. Um, society run by technology mm-hmm. and uh how that uh how a path to um a society that's entirely logical and how a computer's path through logic ends up uh coming to conclusions that we would not appreciate you know that that ultimately that we are the problem right it's not like a it's a pretty common emotion idea in science is fiction the problem. emotion yeah. is the problem emotion is illogical right mm-hmm. so they've got the the death penalty for doing anything illogical like crying when your wife yeah. dies he cried at his wife's funeral. I remember this. Yeah. Well, it's illogical. Don't you have this in the outlets? So it's like, oh, no, no, no. Let's let's all stand and watch as a, a bunch of people are executed in a swimming pool. And then, I guess, professional, ball- like, uh, what would you call underwater dancers? Oh, yeah. Um, synchronized swimmers. So, yeah, synchronized swimmers go and I wasn't sure whether their job was to either collect the body or to finish, like, drowning the body when they resisted. Well, I think, yeah, I think if they if they got killed by the bullets, then they were just supposed to get them. But if they didn't die because of the bullets, then they were supposed to stab them. Yeah. That's a weird yeah. job. It's, it's Well, it's, it's one of those things where it's celebrated. Because everybody's like, well, yes, this is outlawed. This is how this works. Right. So we're going to all stand around and it's going to be part of a, a gala event and we're all going to clap. It's very, I mean, in some ways, of course, there's there's lots of themes from 80, 1984 here. Sure. Um, and 
the whole idea of totalitarian, well, a totalitarian society mixed with the society, the technology, the technological society and the dangers of technology and not even the dangers of technology so much as the dangers of technology run amok. Because what I think is really interesting, you know, is that Caution's carrying around this little Instamatic camera the entire time, which you could argue is a pretty vital piece of technology for both his job as a spy and also his faux job as a journalist is like, no, pictures pictures tell a thousand words especially when words are uh outlawed in this (laughs) in this city um you know it was really interesting the first and this is i feel like a theme with um with new wave films in particular the first 20 30 minutes of the film uh with the exception of that initial voiceover i feel like is supposed to throw you into complete chaos in some way where you get that initial you get that initial walkthrough of the hotel which is what like a 6 minute tracking shot something ridiculously long and beautiful um and you have caution riding up the elevator with this um with this young woman who ends up being we find out later as a you know kind of prostitute but the entire time we don't know this yet and the entire time she just starts following him down the hall and is like are you sleepy sir is everything all right sir can i get your bag sir can we do this sir can I open the door for you, sir? So Can I creepy. Get a bath for you, sir. Yeah. Well, and you're not. It's one of those things where we're just we're just far enough removed from the '60s um, that at first you're like, well, maybe he's staying at a very posh hotel, and maybe this is just like partially the creepiness of Alphaville, and partially, oh, you know, old old world receptionists, maybe a little bit more enthusiastic and, and cooperative in the process but then she's like let me show you to the bedroom sir let me show you to the bathroom sir will that be all sir i'm very fine thank you for asking everyone said that constantly it's so creepy and it's it, well the worst the weirdest part for me about it is that it's always said when there's when there should be a gesture but isn't like when he shuts the door in people's faces and they're like, I'm very fine. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Smile. <laughs> Maybe it's like it, it almost reminds me of like a, a repetition that you would say if you're starting to feel emotion, like starting to feel anger or something like that. No, I'm very fine. Thank you. for. Oh, asking. like I'm a way fine. to Thank center you. yourself so you don't break yeah. the law. That's an interesting idea. That's really interesting. Did you. So the obviously. So the first time I watched this film, I was like, man, this is so sexist. And then I watched it again and I thought. I think he's doing that. I don't want to, you know, maybe he's just being sexist, but I watched it again. And I thought, well, I think that there's a point to the society hating women as much as they clearly do. So I don't know. Alphaville's society? Yeah, Alphaville's society. Yeah, because like all yeah. of the women in this story, uh, it, with the somewhat exception of uh, Anna uh, Karina, are, are either like seductresses or in a glass case or murdering people with <laughs> knives or, you know, they're all like. It, the, or branded with the you know the barcodes yeah. or whatever numbers. The bar, well, the barcodes, from what I understand, that's the that's the you were an outsider and we branded you and rehabilitated you, which is kind of crazy. oh, I didn't pick that up. That's yeah. cool. That's, that's interesting. What, I think I think that's why because he looks, he's like, let me see the back of your neck, and then he starts asking her where she's from, right, and finds out she's there yeah. because well, he knew that she wasn't born there, I guess, because he knew yeah. about her father. But like, it, you know what I mean? Like, I felt like the first time I watched it, I was just like, oh, it's a '60s film, and you kind of have to remind yourself, oh god, this is gonna be. Yeah. super sexist but Godard is not really like a, a super sexist director in general like no so it's interesting well I mean you think I mean also Anna Karenina has something to do with that as well you know, yeah <laughs> just a little bit oh my god but, she's amazing oh she really is and, but what is actually interesting to me about the the ladies in this film or more specifically the role of women in Alphaville 
is actually, I think it's the reverse. I think it's not that they're not that it's a sexist society. I think that it's actually that the computer has determined that women are the logical ones. I mean, they even have a line in the movie that's like 50 men are executed for every, every woman. one woman. Yeah. yeah oh, they're all yeah. So the women are all in like weird positions of power where I think it's the, the seductresses. Again, the seductresses are there in some ways to clean up the to, to find the illogical people and to clean up their messes and to like oh that's right? so do you think that if he would have so if do you think if he would have succumbed to one of the seductresses he would have been killed i think either killed or they kill i mean you look at what happened to his not his partner but the, yeah, the, the spy, guy yeah the spy yeah, who gets killed by a seductress that's granted, a, yeah. he was having some health problems anyway but <laughs> that's a really good point that's really interesting so that's really interesting so yeah so because because like the, they definitely portray the idea, like you said, that, that the women are kind of the logical ones and, and are less likely to be breaking the law, which has its own interesting implications beyond that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a whole potentially sexist discussion in its own right, but I, do, but I don't think that they're treating the women necessarily as I, – I actually think they're in some ways implying, oh, yeah, the women are the, the superior folks here because they, you know, they keep everybody in line. They're the, they're the ones who know. <laughs> yeah, that's super interesting. It, 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 so you you mentioned um, uh, that the, the, the part of the control of the logical society is the words thing. I thought that was super interesting, like the way that um, the, there's like every hotel room has a Bible, but the Bible is actually a dictionary, mm-hmm. and it gets replaced, and di- words are just removed that, for concepts that are considered to be inappropriate. Yes, f- forbidden. Forbidden, and, and, then they, think- and then they don't understand those words anymore. Yeah, well, it just it just disappears out of the public vernacular. I don't know. It's such an interesting idea, where a computer is basically running constant analyses on language and and probably listening to what they think are illogical people talking to get more information and constantly get more information. And that's where he's like, oh, well, love is clearly not uh, not a logical emotion. Uh, conscience not a logical emotion. It's. Ah, it's it's really it's eerie. The whole movie is very eerie. And I was actually I was watching this movie uh, with Rick, who has never seen a French film, let alone a French New Wave film. Wow. <laughs> and, yeah, okay. He'd, he'd never heard of Godard, so I was like trying to explain. I'm like, this is supposed to be a little off putting and weird, and you know, it's not. It doesn't. It's not supposed to look like any movie you've ever seen in the last thirty years. Uh, but he like he genuinely enjoyed it. He was just like that was. Like after he's just like that. That was strange. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's a little bit like going on an acid trip of a movie. <laughs> yeah, I got to get him on the podcast sometime. That's fascinating. Just oh like someone God. with no. Oh yeah. Oh man. Who's not a yeah? Who's like he enjoys movies, but he's not a film. Like he's not. He doesn't know old film at all. That's like, that's that is super. That is, that's intriguing to me. Right. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Anna Karina, who was you know famously Godard's wife and and muse for a long time. Uh, and and is in this film is incredible in it, but I, specifically um, there were there were a couple things I wanted to, to highlight. Uh, speak, speaking about the language at, and and things being forbidden, at one point she's uh, crying, and Lemmy Caution says, "Are you crying?" And she says, "No, because it's forbidden." While she's crying, yep, so good. Yep, it was like well, it's it's very much like a no because it's you know no je ne peux. and then she just. Just does this very carefully and 
walks away. And, oh, it's so good. Oh. <laughs> Her, she's she is. I mean, she's incredible, but. I mean, she's a reason to watch this movie, even if everything else was terrible, which it's not. But, like, her coat is enough of a reason to watch this oh, movie. Oh, I know. All, all of her wardrobe changes. I'm just like, oh, 1960s fashion. Why why don't you exist anymore? Now, why can't You're I have so you for anything less yeah. than all of the money? <laughs> so the the weird the weird thing for me, at least for the, the opening and this sort of the way the first there's a seductress. And then there's a random guy who shows up in his hotel room that he shoots. Yeah. <laughs> and we're not really clear on, like, is this, a spy? is this someone horrible? And we find out later in the film, oh, this was a psycho test. This is, you know, this is a way for us to figure out if you were a, a secret spy coming in from the Outlands to destroy our perfect society. And the I believe the computer is Alpha, six, Alpha 60. Is that right? Yeah, Alpha 60. Yeah. Alpha 60 asks, you know, why did you shoot? Or maybe it was one of the scientists asks, like, why did you shoot the guy? And he has this perfect line where he's just like, you know, when you get to my age, uh, I, I don't like arguing anymore. So I'm just going to shoot first to protect my my vitality. <laughs> Which I'm like, man, well, I, I wish I had an excuse to use that line somewhere because that's pretty great. Oh, man. There's so many good lines like that. There's one I really want to try where um, where Anna Karina asks him, uh, what do you do for a living? And his answer is, I work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so good. There's some really great dialogue in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that creepy computer voice. So, like, he, you know, he gets away with not having special effects by, first of all, it benefiting from 1960s Paris. So there's all this, like, modernist architecture that he can use that mm-hmm. still today looks weird and, and kind of futuristic but now of course in like a retro sense which actually yep. gives the film kind of a whole nother element that it probably didn't have at the time that, another layer yeah that i really enjoy yeah but then he so for the for the for the computer that runs the society he got a guy who had had his voice box removed due to like i think uh, throat cancer, cancer. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so the guy just sounds so weird it's it, well he he gets this big this dark guttural and i think it's partially vocoder but it's like Ultra-vi! and it's so it's so fucking creepy <laughs> i've just broken our oh my god that was that was incredible <laughs> so amazing <laughs> but it's but it's so you know what so i was curious and i looked up right before the podcast because what the voice in the computer reminds me of is actually the brain at the end of wrinkle in time like, that's the first thing that I thought of. And I was like, was this published before? And I guess Wrinkle in Time was published in 63. And I'm like, I wonder. Oh, you think he I read? I wonder if that was, because it's, it, it feels, it's that kind of like, oh, I'm, you know, omnipresent. I am everywhere. And I know what's right. And I know how to control people. Can you, I mean, you can see like the little kids from Wrinkle and the, the creepy kids from the off planet of Wrinkle in Time, like bouncing the ball in time with the creepy voice from, uh, with from Alpha sixty, it's just I can I can see it. Oh but, yeah, um, totally. The only thing that bugged me about, and not even sort of bugged, but like made me slightly frustrated, is that it's a movie largely of everyone again talking fast in French because it's French. Uh, but the um, the computer, in contrast, is very slow and methodical, which is fine if you're. I feel like when you're listening to it in your native language, it's it's easy to follow like the it's like the emperor from Empire Strikes Back, right? Where it's like this slow the rebel alliance will crush under us. But when you're reading it in subtitles or even when you're trying to translate in your head slowly, 
sometimes you can lose it after a few minutes or after a few seconds. So there's a there's a kind of funny in-joke within the film itself, I feel, where um, Caution walks out of a, a an indoctrination screening, essentially, um, after you're just you're watching all of these crazy slides, which I want to talk about in a second. But uh, all the you know all the crazy slides and all his creepy voice talking about death and life and all of these things, and he walks out and um, and Anna Karenna follows him. He's like, "What's what just happened?" Um, and he's like, "Oh, I I couldn't follow a damn thing he was saying." And I'm like, "Yes, this is exactly how I feel." <laughs> I'm like, I don't feel, I'm not that illiterate, but I really, like, you just lose the train of thought. And maybe that's part of the the experience of it is the, the it feels almost like being brainwashed because you're trying to follow it and you're trying to make sense of it and it just doesn't click. Well, so uh, I, I think that when people talk about not connecting with, when, when Americans talk about not connecting with sort of French film and specifically like French, you know, avant-garde-y, art house type film, I think this is kind of where they can't it's like the barrier they can't go past Mm -hmm. because it's like uh and i think this is also true if if, people who play like a lot of uh japanese role-playing games where it's like there's there's a certain uh high-mindedness to the stories from both of those cultures that we don't typically have in our media and so and I, i do think it's really interesting what you said that perhaps um uh the concepts put forward by alpha 60 aren't really even intended to be something we we understand they're more intended to be like oh man like this is really crazy and like weird and like i'm kind of zoning out and like being brainwashed in that kind of way I think that's definitely there you can make a strong case for that but i also think like so the 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 stuff he was reading actually comes from poetry mm-hmm. which i thought was really funny because the whole point is like he's a super logical computer that uh hates art and then and he was programmed by poetry all of his lines are poetry yeah but um I do think like it's just it, the combination, like you said, of the it's incredibly slow, it's incredibly confusing, and it's just incredibly French. And I don't know, like the total combination of that, I think is really hard for people. Like I, I would be curious what Ricky thought about about that section particularly. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> like you know, and it, but this happens in a lot. Like I um sometimes like there's a film that uh, that film nerds really like that I my uncle for one loves it. I hate it. It's a uh, it's called Last Year at Marienbad. And, uh, oh yeah, I've seen that. I had to see that in French class. <laughs> I, I I understand why people love it. It's a beautiful film. I'm gonna get haters who hear this. I do not like that movie. If it's you want to know, crafted. <laughs> oh, totally. If you want to know why I don't like it, you can go read my review on my site. But like, uh, I, it, it's just so French. Like the entire thing is French. It's just like like completely completely not understandable, not pieced togetherable, not comprehensible for me. And I mm-hmm. I recognize that's probably me. But so I think. For me, like you said, in in this film, that actually works really well because I don't really feel like I, I spend some time when I watch it trying to understand where he's going with like you know time is a, a, circle, a circle and life and, is yeah. and death is and stuff and it's interesting but I'm just like okay I'm not gonna I, I have to let it go yeah I feel like if it was a Sith Lord talking to me about like if it was in the next the latest Star Wars I would still have trouble figuring it out even if it was in English because it's just so nonsensical even if it was a 20 billion foot tall yeah uh, creepy <laughs> looking thing. yeah spoilers. whatever the hell that guy's yeah is that spoilers that's not spoilers <laughs> apologies for the one of you who hasn't seen Star Wars in the audience that does not have any bearing on the plot so no it really doesn't <laughs> um so actually one thing there's a lot of really smart visual, I mean, it's good art, so of course the visuals are going to be 
spectacular and very well placed. Um, but the two things that I wanted to talk about is one, the, the flashing, the, the repeating flashing, where the, whether it's flashing, there's the flashing light in the very, very beginning of the movie um, with the flashing headlights. There, the, there's the flashing E equals MC squared of like science and logic. <laughs> yeah. The, the triple microphones and the lights that go on and off when he's in the, yeah, when he's in the interview room. Oh, so that that's I just love I love the idea of just don't show the actual computer. Don't you don't even need a UA interface. Just show microphones moving around his face. It's just, oh, it's on the it feels very omnipresent. Um, but the the slideshow, the crazy slideshow, the thing that like sticked in, stuck in my head the most after all of these is there's a there's one slide in the slideshow that has a bunch of French words on it. Um, where it's like it's it has dormir, um, which means to sleep, and it has um, uh, sensore, like uh, to censor, and every single word. Um, I forget what the actual what the term is, but they've actually the the word has been stretched and transformed to emulate what it what the word means. So, like for dormir. Uh, I'm saying that not dormir. If I want to actually pronounce it like a French person, um, it. It actually has this like long elongation to emulate sleep, to emulate like quiet. Um, and since has um, has a black bar in the middle of it, um, mask has a giant S that kind of resembles a giant mask. And I don't know what I, I it took me like two uh, two tries to like go back and actually be like, Did, am I actually seeing what I'm seeing? But it reminds me a little bit of it's a little bit Dadaist in a, in a strange way, like the idea of incorporating words to to basically not only um, not only have an implicit meaning, but also visually mean what they say. It's very cool. Yeah, I think there's definitely a, a, a hint of surrealism and, and Dadaism in some of that in some of that stuff, and those slides in general, which are fascinating slides. I mean, they they are mm-hmm. really really interesting, uh, especially when combined with as we were saying that that narrative where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm and and that's part of I think why why it's hard to follow the narrative because there's also like you're trying to piece together both of those things at the same time, uh, mm-hmm. and it definitely rewards uh, additional uh, viewing. Rewind. <laughs> you, you, for sure. Luckily enough, these days we can do that. Um, yeah. I, I thought that I thought those were fascinating too, because because like the E equals MC squared thing is very like you know the movie does occasionally get a little ham handed, yeah, with yeah. like it's like science, ah, and you're like okay, I get it. You you're, but I mean it's 1965 and people haven't used a computer, right? So or most people won't won't use a, a home computer for another you know 20 years. So yeah, of course, it's like. I think I get why he's saying, like, we have to explain, like, this. Because especially because he's got this voice of this guy. It's like, where's the guy talking? Uh," You know? And I think, you know, there's... He's trying to make that point. But it is, like... What what e equals mc squared has to do with anything in this movie is somewhat unclear to me, except that there's a kind of a maybe the relativity as like a concept with the fact that they're kind of like space travel and not space travel yeah. and kind of what's going on. Pseudo space travel. <laughs> yeah, but all that stuff is a little heavy handed. But then the slides are like actually really thoughtful and 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 interesting and and on a different uh, level and have more to do with a. Um, the logical constructs of this computer and like how it arrives at the conclusions. Cause I think in that, in that speech, you can kind of understand like uh, from a computer's perspective, uh, none of these people matter and they're only a, you know, a means to whatever end they're trying to achieve. They're cogs in a machine. Exactly. Yeah. So their life and death is completely irrelevant. 
and uh, relates to nothing. And, and it's illogical to weep over your wife because energy is neither created nor destroyed. And she's mm-hmm. just become a different part in the machine and all these kind of, you know, things. But but the, the those slides, I think, better capture that. It, it's I, I definitely like sat and thought the first time and the second time I and whatever I watch this movie, I'll just sit and think a lot about like, OK, what is he? What's he actually saying? Which I think is a is awesome. Like you know, it doesn't come across to me at least as I mean, because I um, in the review that comes with the or in the little uh, write up that comes with the Criterion Collection edition that mm-hmm. I have, uh, one, the last thing that the um, the writer says is uh, you don't have to love French films to love this movie, but you do have to be willing to deal with high mindedness. Yes. Right. <laughs> so you you could absolutely go into this movie and immediately just check out and be like, this is so dumb, and this is so silly, and like stupid and I'm not on board and it's all cheesy and, and, and dumb but if you can not do that if you can get into the vibe of its of what it's trying to do if you can just let it silliness be its silliness and just go with it there's a lot to like discover and explore here I think there's so much so much and I, I think you're right on the money where especially because it's science fiction I think that gives it another layer of acceptance in a weird way that like when you, you think about Godard's other films and, um, <laughs> you, you know, I don't know if we're, I don't know if your average viewer will be as comfortable with like giant malts first for going north, like flashing on the screen every time they make a quick cut transition to like, oh, we're going across the city um, as you would in a science fiction film because you're already expecting a little bit of the, of the heightened, uh, heightened language, heightened area, you know, you're expecting to be thrown nonsense words in some way so that you start off with again a fairly a fairly standard um i almost said pot-bellied but a, you, like a, <laughs> a, a fairly standard noir opening where he's like yeah i'm driving on the long road to alphaville and i'm going through the galaxies and you're like okay galaxies okay all right this is clearly not our earth or it's not supposed to be a city that we're familiar with it seems something a little bit odd and then as it goes gets odder and delves further into craziness you're like okay brainwashing and i feel like you can get on board in part because of the genre rather than oh yeah it's just french new wave and expect everything to be weird go (laughs) yeah that makes a lot of sense you know the trappings of the genre are there enough of them and you can kind of buy into that and it's like you can kind of say okay well this is just kind of what you expect from these kind of movie stuff it's going to be a little Mm -hmm. weird some stuff's not going to make sense you know uh, and that's just part of the background of the of the genre that makes a lot of sense because yeah i uh, his other films i mean i'm a huge Godard fan but like the uh you do have to kind of be a little more accepting in some of that 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 makes a lot of sense so um was there uh anything else from this one you wanted to touch on uh i thought i think i had something and now now it's gone (laughs) did you know that the original title was supposed to be tarzan versus ibm I read that on the Wikipedia page and I laughed. Yeah, that's lot. great. That's it. I would have also loved to see that story treatment. I also like that there wasn't a story treatment for this film. Yeah, no, no, he didn't know anything. He got money with one story and made a completely different movie. It's very yeah, I love this. Very, very French. Yeah, <laughs> very, very Godard. Um, oh, there was something about the visuals that I was going to talk about. Something different. Uh oh, the um, there were a couple of scenes. The elevator scene is a uh, is the big one. Uh, where he basically goes into an elevator and gets punched on all sides by uh, by basically the scientist goons. Um, there's a, a really beautiful way of using the 4-3 frame and reduction um, to simulate action without necessarily needing to have it in the frame. 
And I don't know if he's used that before in his other films or whether that's a, you know, that was a common technique at that point. But it's a really beautiful little flourish of doing less with more because we know what's, we, we never need to see him getting punched in the face. All we do is we see him, we hear grunts and we see him like going from side of the screen to the side of the screen to the side of the screen to the floor. Um, and I don't know, there's just something, there's something very beautiful and very, uh, very lyrical about it. It just kind of fits into the flow of the, the film. And then later we get the same thing when they're sitting over tea and they're kind of discussing where, um, where Anna Karenna was born as well as, um, as you know the forbidden words in the dictionary and again it's all like you get the reflect you get a little bit of their reflections in the television but all you can really see is them picking up coffee cups and adding sugar and switching things around and i, I don't know it, it's it's an interesting way of drawing the focus in a different in a different angle and it, it worked very well for the film he plays with the frame really wonderfully and i, I you know he's a definitely a, a visual director uh you know uh, breathless i'm not gonna a bout de souffle i guess is how you say it i don't know i'm not good at french but close enough yeah thank you um but so you know in breathless or in um uh various other uh woman is a woman in various godard films he he is a very visual director and um i i agree with you i really like that he sort of understands the uh the usefulness of his frame and really makes really makes the most of it. And um, there's a lot of moments in this film where that's true. I, one of the ones that sticks out to me is like really early on when he first shows up at the hotel and there's that test with the with the goon. Uh, the way that fight scene plays out, which is mostly in the in the bathroom or in quick cuts, Off you don't screen, see, yeah. you don't even hear the sound of it actually. Um, and it it plays out perfectly. It works really really well. And there's just a ton of of, of shots and moments in this film visually that are extremely uh composed uh without feeling uh overdone it never feels like it, it it flows really well and it's always in service of the story and of the action but it is absolutely beautiful i completely agree um just the the, the way he he utilizes the, the kind of the tools of the trade and and specifically like you said uh that one three three or one three seven whatever it is four three mm-hmm. aspect ratio uh to make the most of it uh and not not treat it as um as any kind of uh he's very deliberate yeah, it doesn't just feel like, oh, we're going to use this as a gimmick. Like, the same way that the initial tracking shot doesn't feel like, oh, we're going to just have one long still shot. And aren't you guys feeling so, you know, I'm so clever for having done. It just feels, it feels integral to the movie. It feels like it's drawing you in, which I really love. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Awesome. Well, you know, I think that's probably uh, as much as I have to say about, about this particular film. It's a great one. I, I highly recommend everyone who hasn't seen it go check it out. And I'm really glad you liked it. Um, so why don't we start to wrap things up and, and, uh, let's start with, uh, you know, you letting everybody know where they can discover more about you. Yeah. Um, so I can be found on the internet at Saturn, which is S-A-T-T-E-R-N, um, on Twitter and Instagram and all the fun social things. And then I write as a managing editor for iMore. Uh, and I also do a fair amount of podcasting on the incomparable, uh network uh most recently on the incomparable radio theater where if you if you enjoy crazy shows and crazy theatrical exploits you might enjoy radio theater yeah if anyone who's listening to this show and i doubt this strongly but if anyone who's listening to this show hasn't listened to an incomparable or any of the they it's like a network now with a bunch of different podcasts if you haven't listened to any of that you're missing out like get on that that stuff is awesome uh they're definitely doing great stuff uh listeners can find me at uh, cinemagadfly.com or cinemagadfly on uh 
uh, on the Twitter. And uh, I will. We will be back uh, next episode to talk about the movie that Serenity chose for me. So uh, for now, I will say goodbye. Vous menacez la sécurité de Je ne trahirai jamais les